0: Are you up for a challenge this morning? Good, good. Didn't expect anyone to say yes. (laughs) Today I want to take a brief look at worldviews. The concept is simple enough, but the implications are profound and extremely wide-ranging. So we're going to cover what a worldview is, how powerful your worldview is, and how to develop the worldview that you want. warning. As I've already hinted, you can expect to be challenged this morning. And along the way, you're going to discover how toddlers see the world, whether or not you have a biblical worldview, and what wolves have to do with worldviews. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, what I speak today that is from you, let it go be. Take root and bear fruit. I trust you, Lord. In Jesus' amazing name. So why talk about worldviews? Hands up. Does anyone here have a sense of the decline of morals and values in New Zealand society? Does anyone here feel that there is an ever-widening gap between the Christian life and the life being lived by most people in New Zealand today? One way to understand and interpret this is to put it in terms of worldviews. It's helpful to understand worldviews when engaging with non-Christian people, but we also need to understand the impact of our worldview on our own life. James Anderson tells us that the sociological quakes and moral fissures we observe in our day are largely due to what we might call cultural plate tectonics shifts in underlying worldviews and the collisions between them. So understanding worldviews helps us to make sense of the changes in the world around us and helps us to have meaningful conversations with non-Christians who will almost certainly hold quite different worldviews to us. So what is a worldview? What I want you to do is have a quick chat uh, to somebody nearby you, understanding that this is a little more a little bit more challenging than it used to be, so whether you're here in the garden lounge or online, ideally in twos, threes if you have to, try and find someone that you can um, communicate with, and even if you're not with someone else, whether you can uh, still have that sort of chat socially distant. Um, a bit of a challenge, but I leave it up to you to try and make it work. And the question is basically, uh, what can you, can you come up with a definition? Can you agree on what a worldview is? You have 30 seconds. Go. Okay, time's up. Not sure what you came up with, but um, let's look at some ideas from various people uh, on what a worldview is. First up, I want to go to the ultimate source of truth, the Bible. No, Wikipedia. (laughs) Wikipedia tells us that a worldview is the fundamental cognitive orientation of an individual or society, encompassing the whole of the individual's or society's knowledge and point of view. A worldview can include natural philosophy, fundamental, existential, and normative postulates or themes, values, emotions, and ethics. Did anyone come up with that one? (laughs) Robert did. Well done. I don't like that one. I don't even understand it. Here's another one. Ken Funk of Oregon State University says, A worldview is the set of beliefs about fundamental aspects of reality that ground and influence all one's perceiving, thinking, knowing, and doing. That's a bit more understandable, I think. Alison Gray has quite a helpful definition. She says a worldview is a collection of attitudes, values, stories, and expectations about the world around us which inform our every thought and action. Worldview is expressed in ethics, religion, philosophy, scientific beliefs, and so on. Note the underlined text there. We'll come back to that. Back to James Anderson, who tells us that a worldview is an overall view of the world. No prizes for that one. It's not a physical view of the world, but rather a philosophical view, an all-encompassing perspective on everything that exists and matters to us. He says a person's worldview represents his or her most fundamental beliefs and assumptions about the universe they inhabit. It reflects how he or she would answer all the big questions of human existence, fundamental questions about Who and what we are, where we came from, why we're here, where, if anywhere, we're headed, the meaning and purpose of life, the nature of the afterlife, and what counts as a good life here and now. And Del Tackett tells us a worldview is the framework from which we view reality and make sense of life in the world. For example, the two-year-old believes he's the centre of his world, a secular humanist believes that the material world is all that exists and a Buddhist believes he can be liberated from suffering by self-purification someone with a biblical worldview believes their primary reason for existence is to love and serve God speaking of the worldview of a two-year-old I came across the nine property laws of toddlers (laughs) this might have been really serious It's not supposed to be laughing yet Number one, if I like it, it's mine. (laughs) Two, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Three, if I can take it from you, it's mine. Four, if I had it a while ago, it's mine. Five, if it's mine, it must never appear to be yours in any way. Six, if I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. Seven, if it looks just like mine, mine eight if i think it's mine it's mine number nine if it's broken it's yours (laughs) so what is a biblical worldview continuing with del tackett he says a biblical worldview is based on the infallible word of god when you believe that the bible is entirely true then you allow it to be the foundation of everything you say and do That means, for instance, that you take seriously the mandate in Romans 13 to honour the governing authorities by researching the candidates and issues and making voting a priority. In case you're wondering, Romans 13, 1-2 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Not hearing any amens to that one. <laughs> I did say parts of this talk would be challenging. Dell then asks, do you have a biblical worldview? To find out, answer the following questions based on claims found in the Bible. Do absolute moral truths exist? Is absolute truth defined by the Bible? Did Jesus Christ live a sinless life? Is God the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe and does he still rule it today? Is salvation a gift from God that cannot be earned? Is Satan real? Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith in Christ with other people? And is the Bible accurate in all of its teachings? Dale continues, Did you answer yes to these? But what's more important than your yes to these questions is whether your life shows it. Granted, we're all sinners and fall short, but most of our gut reactions will reflect what we deep down, honest to goodness, believe to be real and true. So how common is the biblical worldview? Question for you. Hands up if you think that attending church regularly will mean that you have a biblical worldview. George Barner has researched cultural trends in the Christian church since 1984. A recent nationwide survey in the USA was completed by the Barner Research Group based on the biblical claims listed here. The survey determined that of all the born-again believers in America, A dismal 9% had a biblical worldview. That's not 9% of church attendees, that's 9% of born-again believers. Would the stats be any better for us? Varner's survey also connected an individual's worldview with his or her moral beliefs and actions. He says, although most people own a Bible... And know some of its content, our research found that most Americans have little idea how to integrate core biblical principles to form a unified and meaningful response to the challenges and opportunities of life. And James Anderson says worldviews have profound implications for how people think about themselves, what behaviors they consider right or wrong, and how they orient their lives. It is therefore crucial that Christians be able to engage with unbelief. At the worldview level christians need to understand not only what it means to have a biblical worldview but also why they should hold fast to that worldview and apply it to all of life so who has a worldview you do if you're a member of the human race and you're breathing right now you have a worldview Alison Gray tells us that everyone has a worldview And if you think you do not have a worldview, then probably your view is the default one of your society. This is because our worldviews come most sharply into focus when there's a clash. Think about it. She says, when you encounter a situation and think, that's just wrong, your worldview is active. She says, we have a natural tendency to think that what we believe is normal. We're largely unaware of the wheels moving on our car until there's an abnormal noise. Similarly, we become aware of our worldviews and their corresponding values only when there is a clash or crisis. So everyone has a worldview. What does my worldview do? Okay, starting to get into the meaty bits now. In Alison Gray's definition of a worldview that we saw earlier, we find a hint. She said that a worldview is a collection of attitudes, values, stories, and expectations about the world around us which inform our every thought and action and James Anderson says "Well, worldviews shape and inform our experiences of the world around us like spectacles with coloured lenses they affect what we see and how we see it depending on the colour of the lenses some things may be seen more easily or conversely they may be de-emphasised or distorted indeed some things may not be seen at all He says worldviews also largely determine people's opinions on matters of ethics and politics. What a person thinks about abortion, euthanasia, same-sex relationships, environmental ethics, economic policy, public education, and so on, will depend on his or her underlying worldview more than anything else. As such, worldviews play a central and defining role in our lives. They shape what we believe and what we're willing to believe, how we interpret our experiences, how we behave in response to those experiences, and how we relate to others. Our thoughts and our actions are conditioned by our worldviews. You're starting to get the idea that your worldview is quite a significant thing. Next, how powerful is my worldview? I would suggest to you that something which informs our every thought. And action is a pretty powerful thing. The Apostle Matthew tells us, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, a good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I'm quoting Dale Tackett again, whether conscious or subconscious every person has some type of worldview. A personal worldview is a combination of all that you believe to be true and what you believe becomes the driving force behind every emotion, decision, and action. Therefore, it affects your response to every area of life. So I think it's pretty clear that our worldview is an extremely powerful thing. Time for a knowledge check. That's another word for a test, by the way. Raise your right hand if you understand that you have a worldview Raise your left hand if you believe that your worldview powerfully influences how you interpret the world around you and how you act. So that's two hands. Just a warning, if there are any hands not up, I'm going to start again at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. What influences or builds my worldview? This is where it gets a bit less theoretical and a bit more real. Some of the things that build my worldview are my past experiences, my upbringing, family dynamics and values, my genetic makeup, the society and the culture that I am immersed in, my education and training, and my circle of friends. Time impacts our worldview. Our past affects our worldview. We can't change our past experiences, but we can change how we view them as our worldview changes. As we uh, we learn as we mature that God can make everything have a positive aspect. Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. The future will affect our worldview. We can't necessarily change the experiences we'll have in the future, but we can definitely change what we'll feed our minds with from here on in. 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Other worldviews influence our worldview. Other worldviews that we are exposed to include the biblical worldview. Popular media has a worldview. Our education system has a worldview. Hollywood or the entertainment industry definitely has a worldview. Secular science has a worldview. The fashion industry has a worldview. And what about the wisdom of this world? So we are bombarded by various other worldviews which have an influence on our own worldview. Certain substances can also affect our worldview. Carelessness and cannabis triggered a house fire in San Diego. When firefighters put out the flames, they discovered an elaborate pot-growing operation there in the garage. Firefighters say some of those marijuana plants did burn, but they also say one person was treated for smoke inhalation. I inhaled so much smoke. further comment on that one. <laughs> Regarding outside influences on our worldview, sometimes I think we fool ourselves a bit. We say to ourselves, I know that what I'm watching or absorbing comes from an unhealthy worldview, but because I'm aware of that, it won't affect me. Has that ever crossed your mind? Do you really think it won't get in? advertisers know otherwise, and spend eye-watering amounts of money parading their products in front of us. Do you know it's an ad when you're watching it? Of course you do. But it still works. It still influences your buying decisions. I don't want to be the fun police, but being aware that we are absorbing a negative worldview does not mean that we are unaffected by it. Does God have anything to say about worldviews? A lot, actually. I won't give you it all. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Colossians 2.8 See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. God is warning us here about the power of the secular world to influence us And also that changes to our behavior start in the mind. And 1 John 2, 15 to 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world in this context is the world that has shut God out or rejected him. And loving the things of this world is giving them our time, focus, attention, and priority. A question for you What sort of worldview do you want to develop in your own life? For me, there's only one answer here a biblical worldview. Why? It's the only accurate worldview. God is truth. He defines what truth is. He sees everything clearly. Isaiah 45, 19, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. God created this whole universe. John 1, 3, all things were created through him. God knows everything that has happened in the past and why. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He also knows everything that's going to happen in the future. Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. And he's told us everything we need to know to live life well on this planet. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. How did he tell us how to live well? In the Bible. The Bible is described as comprehensive, but not exhaustive. That means it doesn't tell us specifically how to handle every situation, but it does tell us everything we need to be able to live as as God intends us to. Ultimately, the only place I'm going to find a correct worldview is in God's word, the Bible, because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was written by humans, but is described as God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So the Bible is the only source that will help me build a worldview that correctly views and interprets the world around me. It's the only source that gives me insight into the mind of the creator and sustainer of this universe. My place in it all, how to live under the lordship of Jesus and the plans and intentions of the savior and judge of all mankind. I won't find this anywhere else. An additional question for parents. What sort of worldview do you want to develop in your kids? Now, I don't want to lay anything too heavy on parents, but as well as your own worldview, you have an enormous influence over the worldview being developed by your kids. Please don't buy into the lie that says, that's why I send my kids to church or Sunday school or a Christian school. That's where they're going to learn all that stuff. They might be exposed to a biblical worldview in those places, but they might not. No one else has as much influence over your kids as you do. So please be deliberate and strategic about what your kids are exposed to. A healthy worldview needs to be not only modelled for our kids, but explained to them as well. Now, this is where it gets really real. How do we develop a biblical worldview? A Cherokee elder was teaching his young grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, self-doubt, and ego. The other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion and faith. This same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The boy thought about it for a while and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The elder simply replied, the one you feed. This is so simple, but so profoundly true. Please get this, the worldview you feed will win. My flying instructor used to say about anything really important, write this on the inside of your eyeballs. Write this, the wolf you feed will win. You don't get a choice about whether or not you have a worldview, but you do get to choose what sort of worldview you will have. And if you don't deliberately choose to, you will not develop a biblical worldview. By default, we all absorb the dominant worldviews around us. You will not develop a biblical worldview by accident. 1 Timothy 4, 7-8, Train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. As I said before, this is where it gets a bit real. What do you allow yourself to be exposed to week after week after week that feeds into your worldview? I'm not labelling these things as inherently right or wrong but think about it. What are you renewing your mind with? Which wolf are you feeding the most? A rhetorical question but please think about it. How much time each week do you spend absorbing a biblical worldview and how much time each week do you spend absorbing a non-biblical worldview? What is the effect of that on how you perceive the world and live life? Think about it for a moment. So, am I suggesting that you exclude all ungodly influences from your life completely? No that would probably involve a life of silence in a monastery, and I don't think God calls most of us to that. But exposure to these things is the sad reality of living life between the fall and Jesus' return. Just understand that the non-biblical worldview is not a passive thing that we need to deliberately seek out. It's bombarding us every day from all sorts of directions. Regarding the things that develop a biblical worldview in your life, attending church is a great start, but it's not enough. I would suggest to you that there is no substitute for regular time spent with God and his word, the Bible. The Apostle Paul understood worldviews really well, and he told us how to develop a biblical one. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What's the best way to renew your mind? By reading God's word. Not just reading it, though. Studying it. Meditating on it. Soaking in it. Discussing it with him. Quoting Dale Tackett once again. He says, however, by diligently learning, applying and trusting God's truths in every area of our lives, whether it is watching a movie, communicating with our spouses, raising our children or working at the office, we can begin to develop a deep comprehensive faith that will stand against the unrelenting tide of our culture's non-biblical ideas. If we capture and embrace more of God's worldview and trust it with unwavering faith, then we begin to make the right decisions Inform form the appropriate responses to questions on abortion, same-sex marriage, cloning, stem cell research, and even media choices. Because in the end, it's our decisions and actions that reveal what we really believe. So to summarize, you carry this thing called a worldview that strongly influences not only what you think, but what you say, and do what are you going to do with it what sort of worldview do you want you get to choose do you want to have a biblical worldview if so how are you going to develop it now to get a little bit practical are you willing to change what you prioritize and how you live in order to build a Biblical worldview. Am I expecting you to completely reschedule your week so that you have a greater amount of godly input than ungodly input? Well, while that would be fantastic, it's unlikely to be successful. I would much rather you bit off something smaller that you could sustain and then perhaps build on in the future. So you have 30 seconds to think of one thing that you want to change in your week that's doable and that would strengthen your biblical worldview. Go. Write it down if you need to. Okay, now I just want you to have a chat again to someone uh, near you, as, as we did before. Some suggested topics. Is there any unhelpful influence on my worldview that I need to stop doing, watching, or absorbing? What one thing could I do to increase my weekly amount of godly input? And if you're serious, ask them, will you ask me in the coming, week, coming weeks how I'm getting on with this and hold me accountable? Five minutes. Make sure you both get it or, or get a chance to share. Go.